All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, our Bible reading will be out of John chapter 14. And we'll begin reading there in verse 1. John 14 and verse 1. John 14, verse 1. You know, a long time ago, years ago, they read publicly like this every time. And that's why we began to do it, because I believe it's just the right thing to do. And I pray that you have get a blessing from it. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know thy way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. You may be just seated. All right, in the way of uh, announcements this morning, we uh, again having our nursing home service at 2 o'clock today, be our first one, and uh, looking forward to that as well. Uh, had a tremendous time on Friday night. Brother George brought a great message uh, out of the Word of God visitation. Appreciate all those that went yesterday. Uh, it was hot, and uh, it was uh, it was good though. And nobody passed out. Nobody had a heat stroke, and so we're excited about that. And we're looking forward to the next time. Uh, we did a little work around here. We cut up the, that limb. I don't know if y'all noticed a limb coming down the road down there. We got all that straightened up. I couldn't sleep last week knowing that that limb was laying there. And so, but we got that dude up. And, uh, and then we finished the fence. Uh, we didn't, but Brother Charles did. And uh, I like you to go by and look at the gate. Uh, the gate made it just, man, perfect. And so we're excited about that as well. We're thinking here in about uh, a month or so when it kind of gets down to about 95 gets cooler uh, that we're going to uh, get all we bought a playground uh, equipment and uh, it's just in about a thousand and two pieces and so we got to power wash it clean it up maybe replace some wood in it uh, maybe stain it or whatever we're going to do and put it back out here so that the, the children have a place to come and play uh, but we'd like to do it not in 110 weather and so we hope that uh, maybe in a month or so when it gets cooler, like a 98, 97, that y'all might uh, help us out. And uh, so we're looking forward to that as well. And then uh, uh, also I am thinking about, praying about, and asking you to pray about a revival meeting and, uh, at the end of October, the beginning of November, and uh, looking for that and just wanting to know the, the will of the church, wanting to know if that's something that you would support. Uh, something that you would come. Uh, it would be five days, Monday through Friday, and uh, each night you would be here and to support it, pray, pray for it, pray with it, and then ask others to be part of it as well. And uh, is that something that uh, the church has a desire to do? It's in my heart's desire, and so I'm asking you. And if, you, if you'd say uh, yay to that, just uh, as you walk out or somewhere, say, brother, I'm for that revival. Uh, now, if you don't say nothing to me, I just know you're not for it. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'd like to get some feedback on that, and I would appreciate that as well. All right? All right, you men, let's come, and we'll take up the offering this morning. And uh, thank you all for being here at church. I appreciate it. But Charlie, would you pray for us this morning? Thank you. I got you.
by a heavy burden Neath a load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me And now I am no longer the same He touched me, oh, He touched me the joy that floods my soul Something happened and now I know He touched me and made me whole Since I met this blessed Savior Since He cleansed and made me whole I never cease to praise Him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me, oh, He touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know He touched me and made Also, we are uh, desiring to have a ladies' luncheon, a ladies' luncheon on a Saturday, and uh, I'd like to just uh, say a few things uh, to our ladies, and so uh, I'd like to do that, so we're trying to get that set up. We're trying to figure a name. Uh, the one that I proposed last time didn't go very well, but I have thought of another name, and we mentioned it Friday night. Uh, call the ladies. No, the guys are called thugs. I mean, not thugs. Tums. 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 The ultimate man strategy, right? Because that's the strategy we have to take in order as a man to take care of our homes, take care of our church, take care of our people. That we got to have a strategy, guys. And so that's kind of what we're working on. Now, for the ladies... I want to call, uh, not I want to, but I, I thought of love. Love. And love means ladies of virtue exalted. L-O-V-E. And I, I want y'all to think about that. I know last time y'all probably were angry, over me, angry with me about over that, uh, about the other one. I don't even want to say what the other one was because it went so bad. But uh, y'all think about that. If that's something y'all want to kind of, Call yourself love, uh, then we'll sure we'll say we're gonna have a love luncheon. You know, then you know what love luncheon is. And guys, you're not part of that. We're not part of that love. All right. So that's not. But anyway, so when we have a Tom's meeting, ladies, you know, it's just for us guys that you know that needs a strategy. So anyway. So uh, we're going to do that. Hopefully in September we'll have another men's and another women, or start the women's as well. And, uh, of course, we'll have our Bible study. We'll have our visitation. Uh, I love it. Do you all love it? I love being with God's people, around God's people, open up God's Word, and just allowing it. We don't have much time left, right? I mean, uh, time is fleeing. If you have your Bibles this morning, I hope you turn to John chapter 3. We're preaching through John with the help of the Lord. And, and so this morning we're going to begin in verse 9. Last week we preached up to verse 8, or we actually just preached on that verse 8. And, and then the week before that we preached on verses 1 through 8. But here today I'd like to preach on the answer for sinners. The answer for sinners. There's not many answers today for sinners. There's not a multiple choice. There's not something this morning where you can say that I have options. Sinners, if you're a sinner today, there's no options for you. There's only one answer. And that answer is going to be given here this morning. We pray that you take the answer. And you make sure the answer is the answer that you choose for your sinful problem. 
We find here this morning in John chapter 3 verse 9 as we stand once again in honor of God's word. We'll read down to verse 15 and uh, we'll try with the help of the Lord with my best ability and capabilities which is not much and needing prayer that we'll give to you what the Lord laid on our hearts as well. Verse 9 to chapter 3 of John, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, or should not, yeah, should not perish, but have eternal life. We come to you in Jesus' name. We're asking for the help of the Lord. God, should guard my lips and my mind that you help me, Lord, to, to be, Father, in the place that you'd help me to be. God, that I may help these. I ask you now, Lord, to open our eyes and hearts that we may hear everything you have to say. God, may the Spirit be at, free, at liberty and with freedom, dear God, to move across every heart and every soul. Father, thank you again for all those you've gathered here this morning. Open our eyes, our hearts, and may Jesus get glory. And may Christ be honored in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. There will be no children's church this morning. Uh, but uh, Sister Kaylin, if you want to take uh, whomever it may be in the smaller ones, you're sure welcome to. If not, uh, we can uh, just wait till next Sunday, okay? And uh, we are thankful for that. All right, so we see in John chapter 3, and verses 9 through 15, it gives us this morning the answer for sinners. I want you to notice number one, the evidence of spiritual drawing. In order for you to have an answer, in order for you to be saved, in order for you to be born again, in order for you to have the, be born of the Spirit, there must be, without a doubt, without exceptions, has to be, biblically, truthfully saying to you, there has to be a spiritual drawing. You cannot ever come unto God without the drawing of the Father. You cannot ever come unto the Son without the drawing of the Holy Spirit of God. No one, no one comes to God this morning without being drawn. I was talking to a fellow this week. He said to me, he said, Larry, he said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. He said, but I feel like God is drawing me unto himself. I just feel like, man, that for some reason I've got a desire in my heart to read the Bible. For some reason I've got a desire to, to listen to preaching. For some reason this, something's changing in my heart. I don't know it. I can't explain it. I, I can't give you the details of it. But I feel like everything uh, that is going on with me is like going right toward the things of God. Man, that was encouraging to hear that in my heart this morning because most people are trying to go away from God. They're trying to be led in a different direction. Uh, they don't want that drawing of God. They don't want that wooing of the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, they don't want to do the things of God. And man, to find somebody in 2023 that would say that, man, my, I was shouted. I almost started. I almost had revival. I wanted to preach, man. I wanted to do a lot of things, man. I, I was just so full of energy and excitement, man. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. And so we find this morning in the way of the Scripture, if Nicodemus is ever going to be born again, he's got to be drawn by the Spirit of God, and that's what Jesus is saying to him. I want you to notice three things about uh, Nicodemus who has come to Jesus. Number one, I want you to notice the, the, uh, the evidence of spiritual drawing is by an unsaved believer, an unsaved believer. You say, is there such a thing? 
as an unsaved believer? Yes, there is. In chapter 2, and look in verse uh, 23. Now when he was at Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. They're saying they believed. But Jesus said in verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. What he's saying was they believed in me, but I didn't believe in them. They committed to me, but I didn't commit to them. They trusted me, but I don't trust them. You see, that's a believer that's unsaved. And we find that Nicodemus, in verse 2, is that same group. He said, and the same, the, came, the same came to Jesus by night, said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus was a believer. He was a believer that God has sent Jesus, that God was with Jesus, and that Jesus could not do the miracles that he did unless God was with him. He believed Jesus, but he was unsaved. And so what Jesus is trying to reveal to Nicodemus was that you need to have the drawing of the Spirit of God being born of the Spirit where the wind blows. Amen. And so what he's trying to explain to him was that you got as an unbeliever and we find that Nicodemus was getting this call. We find that Nicodemus was being drawn. And we see that because the unsaved believer was coming to Jesus. How many do you read in that group where it says many believed? How many do you read where it says many come to Jesus? No, only Nicodemus. You see, Nicodemus was amongst the, the group. He was the ruler of the Jew. He was of the Sanhedrin. There's only 70 of those guys. There was only about 6,000 of the, the Pharisees of that day, and yet he was part of that group, a religious crowd, but yet he came to Jesus at night. I believe he came to Jesus at night not because he was afraid, not because he was ashamed, not because he didn't want anybody else to know that he came to Jesus. I believe he came to Jesus at night because Jesus was busy in the day right. right? he was teaching he was healing he was doing the things that he came to do he, miracles and signs and wonders and I believe today I know many commentaries and many preachers don't believe this this morning but you think I care about what they think I don't at all I just believe what the Holy Ghost of God is showing me in the word of God I don't believe if he was being drawn by the Holy Ghost as Jesus is about to tell him you're going to have to come under the drawing of the Holy Ghost of God I believe that he came to Jesus at night because that was the only time he could come to Jesus at night because he wanted a one on one with Jesus he wanted eyeball to eyeball he wanted to come to him because Jesus knew when he said those, quit those, those statements in verse 2 the answer that Jesus gave him in verse 3 don't even make sense does it he didn't ask Jesus about the kingdom of God but in the heart of the Nicodemus Jesus knew because Jesus is God he knew he was looking for the kingdom of God he didn't know what to even ask. He didn't know what to even say. He didn't know what to even, uh, how I even get the conversation going with Jesus about the kingdom of God. And when he showed up, he said all he knew to say is what he, all he knew. And that was, you're a teacher. You're from God. Nobody can do miracles but with God. And Jesus looked at him square in the eye and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, you must be born again. Or you can't even see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus spoke of the kingdom of God because in Nicodemus' heart, that's what he was looking for. But in Nicodemus' heart, as a man and a sinner, you don't seek God. You don't look for God. You are not out there saying, I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. I want the kingdom of God. There ain't a sinner in this room, not a sinner outside in this world that is seeking God. None seeking God. The only way that you can come seeking God is when God seeks you. Amen. And evidently in the heart of Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus by night. And Jesus knew his heart. And so we find the evidence of a spiritual drawing with Nicodemus was that he came to Jesus and Jesus read his heart. Number two, I noticed the second thing is not an unsaved believer coming to Jesus, but I say a spiritless believer responding to Jesus. For he says in verse 4, a spiritless believer. See, he was a believer, but he didn't have the spirit. That made him lost. 
And so he comes to Jesus. Jesus gives him the, Jesus tells him in verse 3 what he told him. And this is what Nicodemus did in verse 4. He said, Nicodemus said unto him, How? Look at verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How? Now what's so important about that? Well, I'll tell you what's important about that. Whenever you come to a sinner that's not drawn by the Holy Ghost of God, when you come to a sinner that is not seeking God, when you come to a sinner who's not being drawn by the Father, you come to a sinner that is not looking to be saved and born again. When you go to them and tell them about Jesus Christ, that they need to be saved, they need to be born again, uh, that they're going to they're gonna need to have salvation, the first question to them is this, it's not how, it's why. Isn't that true? When you tell your children, go clean your room up, why? Hey, I want you to go out here and do this and do that, Why? Hey, listen, I want you to fix that up. I, I don't want you to go outside. I don't want you to drive the car. I don't want you this. I don't want you that. And the kids say, parents say, spouses say, when the, when the husband says, I, I don't need, you can't spend no more money this week. We're the, we're the, why? why? Right. And then the husband says, listen, I'm going to be gone to Home Depot. And the wife says, why? Right. We find ourselves in life today it's whenever we are not really agreeing and we're not really on board and we're not really in the same wavelength, we're not really together, the question is why? But he didn't ask why. He said how? You know, because why is for the rebellious. Why is for the stubborn. Why is for those who want to go against authority. Why is for those who don't want to get in line? Why is for those who have a heart of rejection? It's a heart of those who don't want to line up with God. It's why. Be careful this morning when somebody approaches you and all you got is why. Because what it's revealing and manifesting is you got a heart of stubbornness and rebellion. We find in the heart of Nicodemus, he didn't say why. He said how? Total different. And the reason why that he could say why is because he's got a drawing on him. He's got the Spirit of God already working on him. He needed to come talk to Jesus because the Spirit of God told him to come talk to Jesus. And when Jesus is talking to him, he's not refuting what Jesus is saying. He's not coming against what Jesus is saying. He's not saying, I won't do that or I ain't going to have that. He's saying, how? I need some more information. I need some more direction. I'm willing. I'm submitting. I'm surrendering. Tell me how. And I'll get it done. Right. Yeah. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, no sinners in this room or outside of this room will ever have that type of response unless there's a Spirit of God right. working in their lives. Right. Amen. Yeah. But we find this morning, thirdly, another evidence of spiritual drawing is this this man who's unsaved believer and a spiritless believer. But I notice thirdly, it's a religious believer. A religious believer is listening to Jesus. Not only a spiritless believer is responding to Jesus and an unsaved believer is coming to Jesus, but we find in verse 8, it says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And verse 9, And Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Continuing the conversation. Continuing uh, the interest. Uh, continuing that what you have to say, Jesus, about being born of the Spirit, about the Spirit is independent, the Spirit is invisible, and the Spirit is inexplainable, and you're telling me i got to be born of the Spirit? I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying how. And then in verse 10 he says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these? You know why I see a spiritual drawing on Nicodemus? It's because this religious leader is listening. Listening to Jesus. Because you would not have said how if you didn't know what Jesus asked. Right. 
And many of sinners today who are unsaved without God headed for a devil's hell this morning, they're too busy trying to talk. They're telling you what the Bible says. They're telling you how they're going to be born again. They're telling you what God is. They're telling you how things ought to be. Hey, Amen. Just shut up, sinner, if you ever want to get born again. Right. And friend, we find Nicodemus, he's listening. He's listening to what Jesus is saying. You see, only the Spirit of God can make a sinner listen. Amen. Is that right? That's right? I mean, there might be somebody here that's not saved. Well, you wasn't saved the last time you were here. No. Right? Am I right? I mean, that's not very smart. I mean, I don't, you, gotta be, you don't have to have very much education to know that if you wasn't, that you wasn't saved today, you wasn't saved then. But you didn't get saved then. But today you might get saved. But the only way you're going to get saved is if this spiritual drawing is upon your heart this morning. Amen. And you stop asking why and you start asking how. Amen. Man, I like that. Hey, boy. Some of y'all need to wake up. We're in service. We find this morning that the lost believer will not give any time to spiritual things. The lost believer will not give any time to spiritual things. That's why when you got children in your home and they're lost, and you say, let's have a little devotion. They got all kinds of excuses. They got, they got more excuses than what they say. Carter has peanuts. That was an old saying back then. I mean, you, you, your spouse that you might have who's not saved, and you say, I'd like to read the Bible with you. I don't want to read the Bible. I like to pray with you. I mean, friends or whatever it is, you'll find immediately when there's spiritual talk, spiritual things, spiritual works, spiritual activities, like coming to a Bible study on Friday night. That ain't what, I'm telling you, friend, that ain't my idea of a Friday night out. You say to your wife, hey, honey, we're gonna, I'm going to take you on a date. Hey, man, glory to God, where are you going to take me? We got Bible study this Friday at 7 o'clock. That's good. What are you going to feed me? Some chips and some tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> and hopefully somebody might bring some grapes. Right. And boy, thankfully, on Friday night, that Sister Mary brought the very best cookies I ever ate in my entire life. If I wanted to under conviction eating the first one, I'd ate all of them. <laughs> it reminds me sitting at a table with a big with a box of chocolates or something like that. Amen. And you say, I'm just gonna have one. You don't have one, Fred. You got a bunch, amen. And uh oh, that reminds me, let me say this real quickly as I move. Uh Brother Mark uh, was at a was at a place in the mission field one day and uh they had these uh candies on this table, and a lot of people do that, and they had these candies on the table and on the Inside this can, they had some bunch of wrappers there, and uh, on one on one side they had some like almonds just sitting there, and so uh, Brother Mark started eating the almonds because they were they were there, you know, and they, they didn't have no more candy in the wrappers, and so he began to eat the, al- the almonds. The missionary come in and said, to Brother, Mar- "Brother Mark," he said, "Brother Mark," he said, "That had it was chocolate covered almonds." And we suck the chocolate off of it because we don't want the almonds. (laughs) (laughs) The Spirit of God is working. The Word of God is working. The Word of God and the Spirit of God will bring a sinner to light. The Word of God and the Spirit of God will bring a sinner to life. I hope you get this point this morning, dear friend. You just can't go to your mom and your daddy and your brother and sister and to your children this morning and say, would you please get saved? That's an unfair question. That's asking them to do something they can't do. It's an unfair question, friend, to ask anybody at this moment, at this time, man, would you just get saved? What's the matter with you? Can't you just receive Jesus as Savior and Lord? Don't you believe that Jesus is? It takes more than that this morning. It takes the evidence of the spiritual drawing. Okay? We got to know that this morning. We're going to find ourselves in trouble. And I say this this morning too. I'll never do this, but I've seen people do this as they're given the invitation and 
people around the, out here in the audience or the auditorium, the preacher may walk up to somebody like Sister Loretta might think that, that might not know she's saved or is saved, and he'll grab her by the hand and pull her on up here and say, come on, let's pray. Y'all seen that before? Oh, I've seen that before. Oh, I see some zealous, uh, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but some zealous member of the church may knowing that some teenager or some young man is unsaved, and boy, they want him saved so bad they've been praying for him, and the, the conviction of the Spirit of God is upon their heart, and upon the service, it seems, and that zealous one would come and grab the hand, it seemed like Naomi, and just pull him down to the altar uh-huh. yeah. and say, come on, let's pray. And then when we have to get to that place, we got to say, okay, listen, you pray after me. Because, see, the Spirit of God is not working there. The Word of God is not working there. And that's why it needs assistance from man. But the sad part is this, is all those who prayed that prayer and all those who've been pulled down to the altar and all those who've been pressured by the spouse and pressured by the parents to get saved, if it hasn't, wasn't, and isn't by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, you've got somebody, friend, that's an unbeliever, that's saved. They say they're saved, but they're unbeliever. Be careful, Mom. Be careful, spouse. Be careful, church. Do we want people saved? Do we want people to be born again? Do we want people to go to heaven? Then we've got to get out of the way and let the Spirit of God and the Word of God do its work. I know it's unpopular preaching. I know it doesn't go well with, the, with all those out there that, that want to just build up and, and uh, move on. And, and boy, what, what matters in the church or what's the gauge of the church or, or what makes the church alive and what makes the church dead or what makes the church growing and progressing is membership, is numbers. Amen. I would rather have this amount of people who know and love Jesus and serving God with all their heart, mind, and soul than to have 300 people in here that are unsaved believers. Amen. So today, the answer to the sinner is the drawing of the Spirit. Unless it draws, you can't come. Number two, the evidence of not only a spiritual drawing, but I notice the evidence of a spiritual division. Jesus lays it out before Nicodemus this morning, look in verse 11. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we, now who's speaking? Jesus is. When did he become we? Isn't that odd? We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye Receive not our witness. So I, I, I'm kind of, are you kind of confused just yet on that one verse on we, 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 and our? I mean, Jesus is the only one speaking to Nicodemus. It's him. And it's face to face with Nicodemus. And so there's a, com- a communication going on, a, a, some sort of uh, like Nicodemus, I, I'm telling you and trust you. And so Jesus here, he makes a separation. Look how he makes a separation. He says to Nicodemus, We are separated because we are we. In verse 11 it says, Ye receive not. And ye. We and ye. You see that separation? So Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, I'm on the we side. And you're on the ye side. Our two sides don't come together. There's a separation between ye and we. And as a sinner this morning, you've got to know that there's a separation between you and Jesus. You're a ye and he's a we. Now, how is he a we? Well, 1 John 5, 7 kind of gives us an answer to that. He said, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And when Jesus is speaking there, he's saying, God the Father, God the Word, and God the Spirit, we do know. And boy, don't they know. And we have seen. And boy, don't they see. And ye has not received 
God the Father, God the Son, or God the Word, and God the Spirit's witness. That's your problem, Nicodemus. As you have come to a place and you now think that you didn't have a division between me and you because you believed my miracles, you believe I was sent from God, you believe that I was one that was uh, with God, but I'm letting you know now me and you are not on the same page. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit is on the same page. But ye is not. So you see a spiritual division here. And until you as a sinner this morning can see that you're divided from God and that you're not on His team and that you are completely on the opposite ends of Him, will you ever come to the knowledge of the truth? And we find number two. As I notice that he says not only uh, in the way Jesus spoke separation, but Jesus spoke straight. He said, verily, verily. Now remember, verily, verily means truly, truly. And remember who's speaking. Jesus. Well, who is he? Oh, he's just the word. He's just the eternal life. He's just the light of the world. He's the word that became flesh. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the King of Israel. Anymore, the Lamb of God. That's all He is. And here He is having a conversation. He says, verily, verily. Now the point I want to make to you, dear sinner friend, is Jesus is speaking this morning and He is telling you straight up that what you are hearing is the very truth. And you can't go anywhere else to get the same truth because there's only one truth. And now, verily, verily, I'm telling you a truth. That word verily, verily uh, means amen. It means so be it. it. It means the way that it is. And so Jesus is telling Nicodemus, Nicodemus, I'm not giving any options to you. I'm not giving you a multiple choice here. I'm not telling you there's another way. I'm not telling you there's another thing that you can consider. I'm letting you know verily, verily. Honor, honest, honest, true, true. This is it. And sinner friend, if you're here this morning and if you'd die right now and you'd bust hell wide open, I'm letting you know verily, verily, Jesus is the answer. But you can't come unto him unless there's a spiritual drawing and you can't come unto him unless there's a spiritual division. We find, number three, Jesus spoke not only separation and straight, but he spoke strong. He says in verse 11, uh, in verse 12, he says, uh, Nicodemus, uh, and ye receive not our witness. Now in verse 2, we know that Nicodemus knew mentally, right? Right? He said in verse 2, Jesus is a teacher. So mentally, Nicodemus knew. Mentally. He knew that Jesus was a rabbi. He was some uh, master of teaching. He was a teacher from God. And so he knew that. So mentally, he was one who believed mentally. And I'll tell you something, this friend. I believe a lot of people in a lot of churches today have believed mentally. You tell them, do you believe in the death, burial, resurrection? I believe that mentally. Do you believe Jesus is God? I believe that mentally. I, I believe it because that's what it says. I believe it because that's the knowledge I gain. I believe it because that's the, that's the education that I got. I believe it because that is something in a way of instruction that I received. Uh, I have it up here, bro. I got it here. I know it. I memorized it. I could tell somebody else about it. And that was Nicodemus. Nicodemus, mentally, you're on it, man. Number two, he said to him, not only do you know me mentally, but he said, you know me physically. And the reason why he knew him physically, because he'd done the miracles. He said, you saw me do the signs, you saw me do the wonders, you saw me do the miracles. Physically, uh, there's nobody going to tell Nicodemus that Jesus is not from God. You can't go do it. You say, how, do you, how can you know that? Well, he's seen it when the water became wine. He's seen it when he turned those tables up in the, there in the, uh, down in the temple. 
Hey, the Bible says there were many miracles done that we didn't even know of because they're not written in the Bible. Nicodemus would say to you, right straight in front of your face, and they would say, do you believe Jesus is real? He said, I believe he's real as real can be. Why do you say that, Nicodemus? Because I saw his miracles, that's why. Ain't no man ever did things like that. Nobody ever has done what Jesus has done. So he believed them physically because of what he's done and things are you might, this morning, might be a sinner and you might look at your mom and daddy and, and they might be good, outstanding uh, Christians. They're living for God. At one time, your daddy might have been a drunk. Your mom might have been a, might, might have been a screamer or a mean or a beater. Uh, and next thing you know, the Holy Ghost of God done drawed them unto himself. And next thing you know, Jesus entered in their lives. The Spirit of God now dwells in them. And now they're changed for all over. The new creatures in Christ Jesus. And you're thinking, man, uh, I've seen God do something in my parents' lives. And so in your mind, in your heart, you believe that. But you believe it because of some physical sight. You might have seen somebody heal somebody. I'm not talking about lay their hands on them and say, Yabba-dabba-dabba-dabba. None of that nonsense. No, I'm talking about somebody who got sick and God healed them. You said, I know there's a God. How do you know there's a God? They healed my granny. Right? Hey, you might get into a car wreck and, and something crashed and boy, it turned over and flipped over four or five times and it was smashed like a pancake. And next thing you know, the individual's in there, in there and they got a scar or two. But friend, they get out, they go on the doctor and they, they're okay. And you say, boy, I know there's a God. How do you know there's a God? Because my, my buddy, my girlfriend got in an awful car wreck and she lived. And in their minds, they believe in Jesus because of those physical deals. But what Jesus is saying to them is, listen, you, you may know me mentally and you may know me physically, but Nicodemus, you are spiritually dead because you receive not. Verse 11, you receive not our witness. You see, well, I'm not asking you to receive my works, Nicodemus. I'm not asking you to receive... Uh, who I am, I'm asking you to receive my very witness. So he says to him, Jesus knows everything, of course, and Jesus sees everything, and Jesus tells everything because he could see in Nicodemus's heart that he would not receive the very, the very, the very mind of the Lord, uh, the very, the very uh, witness of the Lord, what the, witness, the Lord is witnessing. And so he says to him, because of that, he says, uh, I ask you, Nicodemus, to accept my word. My word. For he says that in that verse there in verse 7, Marvel not at this, as I said unto thee, except the man be born again, ye must be born again. He's saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, what you have to do is you got to accept my word. Jesus said you must be born again. And so, sinner, what must you do? But born again. Right. Well, why do I need to be born again? Because Jesus said you must be born again. Right. You say, okay, how can I get born again? By doing what Jesus said. Be born again. If Jesus is telling you this morning and you got your ear towards Jesus and Jesus is saying must be born again, the Spirit of God is already working in you because Jesus wouldn't have said that to you. Correct. He's not going to tell you you must be born again and you're not willing to get born again. Mm-hmm. But he's telling Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Accept mm-hmm. my word, Nicodemus. Accept it. Amen. Just accept. Well, you don't know all the sin that I did, Brother Larry. I don't care. You don't know the condition I'm in today. You don't know the situation that I'm having. You don't know uh, all of the badness and all of the evil and all of the ugly. If I told you my entire life, you'd be embarrassed. Hey, listen, friend, I don't care about any of that. Neither does God. He already knows all that. And he says to you by the Spirit of God this morning, if he's working on you and the Spirit of God's working on you, you must be born again. You have to accept it. I accept it, Lord. I get born again. Number two, he says, 
Not only do you accept my word, but attain my record. That word witness means record. Don't you know I cleanse the temple? And don't you know that I said if you destroyed this temple and in three days I'll rise it up? Don't you know that? That's my witness. Don't you know that I turned water into wine? Don't you know that I saw Nathaniel coming when Nathaniel didn't see me? Don't you know? Talking about record. Don't you know uh, that I known Peter before Peter was introduced to me? You say, well, I don't know if I believe that, Brother Larry. Well, look in chapter 1 with me uh, there, and you'll see, look at verse, uh, verse 42. He says, and he, brought, and he brought him to Jesus, talking about Peter. And when Jesus beheld him, he said unto him, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. How do you know that, Jesus? Nicodemus, don't you know my record? I knew Peter before Peter knew me. I knew Nathaniel. I knew the cleansing. I did the turn the water into wine. Hey, listen, the spirit that came on Jesus, that was me, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, it was me called the Lamb of God when John the Baptist, who came out of the wilderness preaching, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Hey, Nicodemus, won't you receive my record? Nicodemus, don't you know that my record is that the Word became flesh? I'm the God in flesh. I'm the God manifested in the flesh. Nicodemus, I'm the Word, and the Word is God. I'm the Word that is God, and I give eternal life, Nicodemus. I give life in the midst of darkness. You know, I know, the whole world is darkness, and I'm the one that brings you out of darkness. Listen, would you receive my witness? Receive my word. Nicodemus, it's not about what you know. It's about what you don't know. Nicodemus, it's not about what you've done. It's about what I've done. Nicodemus, it's not about what you think. It's about what I think. He said, not only accept my word and attain to my record, but he said, admit to my authority. Nicodemus. He said there in that, in that verse, chapter 3, and ye received not our witness. And the reason why he wouldn't receive his witness is because he would not accept the authority of Jesus. Right? If he would have accepted that Jesus is God and Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus is the Lamb of God and Jesus is the life of God and Jesus is the breath of God and Jesus is, is a hundred other things this morning, he would have yielded to his authority and he would have said, yes, I believe in your witness. Right. But sinners don't, don't receive the authority of Jesus. And that's why they stay sinners. Because they do not want to accept that Jesus is Lord. And He has the authority over your life. But when the Spirit of God is beginning to work on your heart and the Word of God is beginning to build faith, and you'll find that when those two elements come to you, uh, you'll find that you'll begin to change your heart and change your mind. You'll begin to, to be granted repentance and you begin to have faith in the Lord and you begin to fall down on your face and say, Listen, Lord, you are the authority. And I surrender to you and I will believe your witness. Amen. But until the Spirit of God, you're stuck. And we don't know when the Spirit of God will blow, do we? And we don't know when He's going to come. He, he comes when He wants to. And He comes how He wants to. We find here this morning that we are divided spiritually. He says, he says to Nicodemus there in that verse 12, He says, uh, you don't believe earthly things that I tell you. You won't believe heavenly things either. You know why? Because you're not spiritually alive. That's why. You've got to be born of the Spirit. Last thing, we'll close. The, the evidence of the spiritual deliverance. I want you to notice in verse 13, the biography of the Son of God. The biography of the Son of God. He said, No man hath ascended up to heaven, and he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Well, let me say it like this so we can understand it. What Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're not talking to just anybody. You're talking to the Son of Man. 
The Son of Man, who is the Father, God the Father, who has come down from heaven and became man. Man, the Son of God, has lived, and He has lived to do the atonement work, the sacrificing work for the sins of men. And then when He's done and through with fulfilling the Father's will, He says to the Father, I have, I am, I have finished, amen? And we find now Jesus ascends back up to heaven and He sits on the right hand of the Father uh, even today. Amen. He's telling Nicodemus, as I would tell every sinner in this room, we're not talking about just some Jesus. We're talking about the Son of God, the Son of Man, who has come down from heaven, became man, had died for the sins of men, has now resurrected and ascended unto heaven, and He's in heaven today. That's that Jesus I'm talking to. And you want to go against Him? And you want to rebel against Him? Friend, you're in a real troubled state. He says not only the biography of the Son of Man, but he says the beholding of the Son of Man. In verse 14 he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. Uh, we're not going to be able to read that because of time this morning, but if you know uh, this generally what all that means back there was the children of Israel were before Moses and they were, they were against and there wasn't far and uh, God sent fiery serpents. And these fiery serpents come by and they begin to bite uh, the people. And as you got bit, you die. And so they're, they're, they begin to, to say to Moses, Moses, would you pray to God and let, tell God to save us? Yeah. We're dying from the serpent's bites. God said to Moses, he said, Moses, put a fiery serpent on a pole yeah. and lift that pole up. And when he put that pole up, he says, and then when they look upon that pole, they shall live. Now why in the world would Jesus go all the way back to numbers and to explain to the sinner how to be saved? Interesting? Interesting. So how does it apply to you and I this morning? Well, it applies to this. Just because Jesus died on the cross don't mean that you're saved. And it don't even mean that you can be saved. Because when that serpent got on that pole, that didn't relieve the serpents from biting, did it? No. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus was nailed on a tree that he created. As he was on the tree that he created, he died upon that tree, but that don't make you saved. And you can't get saved just because of that. Now, God said this, though, if you look, if you look, then you shall live. And what Jesus is saying to us this morning, or just to the sinner, to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, if you look, if you look at the Son of Man, as I am lifted up, you will be saved. That means you're going to have to turn and you're going to have to Repent, that means turn from where you were looking. And you're going to have to turn by faith to me that's on the cross. Amen. you got to turn to the cross. That's if you want to live. But if you don't want to live, Jesus still died on the cross. He still shed his blood. He's still the sacrifice. It depends upon your look this morning. Dear sinner friend, in closing, I ask you a question. In order for you... To have an answer to be born again, you're going to have to have a spiritual drawing. You've got to have a spiritual division, and you can have a spiritual deliverance. But you're going to have to know that it's going to be Jesus on the cross, yes. and you've got to look to him. The Bible says, in, Bible says in the Old Testament, if you look unto me, you shall be saved. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You've got to behold the Son of God. It was God's grace toward sinners that he gave that fiery serpent. It was God's grace that he gave his son. It was God's mercy toward sinners when he put that fiery serpent on that pole. It was God's love toward sinners when that fiery serpent was on that pole and they were able to look at it. 
God didn't have to do anything for those children of Israel. They were sinful, wicked. But because of His mercy and His grace and His love, He gave them a way of salvation. Listen, sinner, you don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve to be saved. You don't deserve eternal life. And you don't deserve anything and everything that God has ever done for you. But if you would do verse 15, Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's exactly what you will get. Oh, please. Jesus is the answer to the sinner. You got to look to Him, though. You got to be called. You got to be drawn. You're being drawn this morning. Don't resist that drawing. You sing, Brother George. Don't resist it. Just receive it. Receive it this morning. As God would draw you unto Himself, He'll draw you unto Jesus. And as you look to Jesus, God will give you life. Life of eternity. Yes. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Just as you are. Just as you are. He'll call you just as wicked as you are. Just as lost as you are. Rebellious and stubborn as you are. Yes, He will. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Yes. One has come, would you pray? Would you sing, Brother George? You pray this morning. Christians are praying. Christians are not looking around trying to figure out what's going on. They're praying. They're seeking the Lord. the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned
my Savior's love for me. Is my Savior's love? 